0: Listener exclusive.
1: I have a delicious secret. The Limestone Coast's hidden secrets. Limestone Coasters, all thanks to Steel Line Roofing Mount Gambia, locally owned and operated for over 30 years. Welcome to Ep6 of the Limestone Coast Hidden Secrets. Our code word today is window. Now, to explain my code word, Livestone Coasters, I am a sucker for history and the Limestone Coast Hidden Secrets podcast allows me to find out a little bit about the history of the Limestone Coast. Now, I was running around town during the last couple of weeks and I, I was looking at the churches actually. I am not a church person in any way, shape or form, never have been, but I do love the architecture of churches and it got me thinking. Can somebody tell me about one of the churches in the Limestone Coast? And I have got a bloke who can tell me all about the Catholic Church here in the Limestone Coast. Well, I hope he can. Brian O'Connor joins me. Brian, g'day. I think I should be able to tell you at least half of what you want to know. <laughs> Brian, first question. How did the Catholic Church come to be in the Limestone Coast in Mount Gambia?
0: Well, it was a gradual process. This, the one that we've got now is actually the third, the third church. Really?
1: Uh, I had no idea.
0: Yeah, no. Well, I, well, I didn't either. until I still, <laughs> I got you a phone call to ask. The, the 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 first the original church was a a slab hut, you know, a, a split, rough sawn. Well, not sawn, split. Wow. Split slabs, red gun slabs, split on uh, dismal swamp station because the Suttons at dismal swamp were the leading Catholic family. They were like the Irish when they come here were mostly refugees, but somehow the Suttons had must have had English connections, I think, and they got a foothold here and, be, and uh, I mean, they did it hard, but they become like the wealthy, the wealthy Catholics in the district. Absolutely. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of what happened with that church, with, our, with, with the whole Catholic background here, is down to the Suttons at, at Dismal Swamp. But anyway, they, they split the timber and they built a little hut opposite where the old courthouse is now. Where The, new, the hut was actually where the, the new, new courthouse, courthouse is, is now. Yeah. And, but I would imagine that would have only held about 15 or 20 people. And it only lasted a few years, probably ten or twelve years, and then uh, they got the parish got together and built a church on the corner of Sturt Street and Crouch Street, and that was that was a bigger church. That was that was a stone church, quite a nice looking building, uh, would hold would have held probably fifty or sixty people. It was mm-hmm. as, 20, as the
1: congregation grew. Yeah,
0: it was twenty feet wide and fifty foot long, so around about that I would think. But that the congregation quickly outgrew that, and they they decided. Uh, well, it took a long time. They bought the land uh, where the present church is, which was which goes from Alexander Street to um, Jardine Street and from Panola Road back to that whole square. Mm. And they wonderful block whoever decided well, to it you, buy it at the time. block of land. yeah, well, the interesting part about that too is that uh, that was originally sold to uh, people by the name of Newton in eighteen forty seven for eight pounds one shilling. And I'll bet the original owners didn't get any of that. Probably not. But then it was sold to the Catholics in 1869, which is what, about 20 years later, isn't yeah. it, 22 years later, Yep. Uh, for 1,200 pounds. But that, this is where the Suttons from Dismal Swamp come into it again. He he financed the whole thing and left the money on there until the parish could pay it back at their convenience. So he saved them all. He made it possible and then saved them all the interest. So that's how the land. So, but the land they held the land there for probably fourteen years, I think, before the, they got around to building the church, mm. and the, they started it, and then the then the church went, then the whole thing went collapsed. The the contractor pulled out, had a row, and wow. pulled out. But I suspect what had happened was uh, he tended too low a lower price because his tender price was four thousand three hundred, and when the parish took on the contract themselves. The church actually cost eight thousand, so I reckon he re- realized <laughs>
1: undercut <that>. under <laughs> reckon he
0: realized early in the piece that he was in trouble um, but the the, the the important point here for me is that there was a procession from the church in Crouch street, the second church building uh, to up to where the new church was being built, and there was five hundred and fifty people in that procession wow so that 's how much the,
1: the the congregation had grown. In in that amount of time? Yeah, from the little slab hut. Just incredible. And how did the concept of the building come about? I mean, do we know how it was designed and and how we came up with the the church that we have today? Well, the the
0: architect, I've got it here in my book here, but the architect was from Adelaide. uh, And it's a fairly, I don't think there's anything remarkable about it for its time. Mm. But there is a photo in this book here, looking at this photograph now. This was taken... Not long after it was completed, and it's like a Christmas cake. It was been the only only building on that whole big block of land for quite a few years after it was built. Uh, the limestone was was dazzling white. Yep. And the and the dolomite, the red, was dazzling red.
1: Just incredible. And,
0: and it looks uh, just looking at the photograph. We, we see it now softened by time. Yes. But in those very early days of its life. It was just like a Christmas cake, red and white Christmas cake, ready for Christmas.
1: Stand out all over town. Stood out. Yeah. Well, mm. it must
0: have stood out because it was the only building on that block for many years. Mm. Perhaps another interesting uh, little s- side story there is that the th- this parish in those days, they built that convent building. Yes. Which is on now Fronting Bay Road. Dominating the area. And the, the, and area. the priest's yep. house, yep. Which, is a, which is quite a big old home, flash old home really for the, for the time. All those three buildings—the the, convent building, the, the church, and the deanery—were all built over a period less than twenty years by the parish. So Just I don't, incredible. I mean, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do that now. I, well, I don't. I mean, you can do anything if you set your mind to it. But, <laughs> but I don't know how <laughs> they did it. But it's that. coming up with the cash. That's right. That's right. And, and and the oomph, you know, the the courage to have a go at it
1: and do it. Brian, I am I am amazed at the 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 architecture of the building. It is a beautiful building. Mm. Do you get a lot of people come in and, and take a sticky beak for sake of argument? There
0: is, there is a, it is part of the
1: tourist trail, I think.
0: <laughs> uh, I think it's the, well, certainly the look of the building standing up there on its, on the top of the hill like that, it certainly attracts the attention. Mm. But I think the other thing about it too, is the windows. It's got some magnificent windows in it.
1: Tell me it's about stained the Stained glass
0: windows. Well, I might have to refer to my little book here. Well, there's a, there's a page you'd be interested in. That's a, a timesheet for w- for one week, and I've just I've added up the money. Um, this is a bit of a diversion, but that's all right. I, Nothing ad- wrong with a diversion, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I've a- I've added up the money, and that's about a hundred pounds worth of wages for that week. Wow! Uh, so and it was it was took a year to build. Yep. So there was up you know probably about five thousand dollars worth of wages. Now what did that contractor pulled out? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The wages alone were more than his... <laughs> cost cost a fortune. The other interesting thing about this. This page, it's just where the book opened. It's 48-hour week, five and a half hours on a Saturday morning. Yep. And eight and a half hours on Every, every day on, otherwise. On weekdays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now How what, things have changed. Now, what were we talking about?
1: The stained glass windows. I'm a sucker for a stained glass oh, window, yeah. Brian. I, I
0: find it interesting that but the uh, windows in the old part of the church are all in human form. Yep. They're, they're in human form, telling a story, you know, like... It might be the annunciation of the angel to Mary to ask her to be the mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have been some devotional thing like uh, St. Margaret Aliquay, uh, Jesus appearing to her and, and starting up the devotion of the Sacred Heart. Our Lady appearing to St. Bernadette at Lourdes. They're all depicted in the windows. St. Patrick and St. Bridget, who are the patron saints of Ireland, of course they're because it was an Irish church mm. in those days. And that's one of the interesting things about the parish too. For all that beginning period, up until the end of the Second World War, it was basically an Irish church. Then the Italians come in and sort of, they, they were the strength of the parish. Now that's sort of fading, and now it's uh, Africans and Asians. I mean, there's still the Irish and there's still the Italians and everything, but, but the young ones, the, the, uh, the, the coming strength has as, as changed over the period of time.
1: And uh, that has to happen, I suppose, in, in, in every story. There has to be a, a continuation of, of people who are interested and, and, and are willing to, to come on board and do the work.
0: One thing I've learnt, um, Ewan, about life is that change is constant. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, tell me more about these windows. About yeah, these windows, well, no, what I was going to say about them is that, what well, I started to say was that in the old part of the church, all the ideas are represented by people figures of people doing something or hearing something or saying something or, or representing something. In the new part of the church, the, the windows are all symbolic. Well, there are figures in some of them, but they're sort of like the phoenix rising from the ashes or the, or the, or the vine growing, you know, in, into, a, into a shape. More, more symbolic, more. And the, the colours in the new windows, they're set up on the eastern end of the church, so they catch the morning sun brilliantly. And the colours are absolutely mesmerising. Really, with that sun coming through the in the early like, like I was at mass this morning, the sun coming through those windows. Of course, later in the day, as the sun gets around further, it comes in on the northern side, yeah. And the biggest window of the lot is the one on the western window, western wall, the one facing Panola Road. That's actually the, the um, Ascension of Our Lord into heaven, with everybody gathered around and so forth. But that that window was actually donated by the parish itself in memory of, um, uh, Dean Ryan, Father Ryan, who was the, who was the parish priest here for 39 years, which is very unusual because they don't last, you know, they get shifted, but somehow or another, he spent nearly a lifetime of his ministry here and, and he was obviously left his mark and the parish made this window. They got this window, but a lot of the other windows, the Jenses, you know, the Jens Hotel, they've got, their family have got a couple of memorial windows there in the old part now that, like the gens, were remarkable, remarkably hospitable, um, publicans, and th- and they did a bit more than bit more than that too, because during the depression they provided free meals for anyone that was on the road. Wow! You know that, and it was and it, it was it was a, a well known fact right around the countryside that this was what what they had on offer. Um, the Kennedy families, one of the one of the girls of um, one of. Um, Tony Sutton's daughters married a Kennedy, John Kennedy, a Pee Weener. I don't know if you heard of Pee Weener.
1: stuff. I have, I've heard of Pee yeah. Well, that,
0: that was a very hospitable property too. Like people come come and go and, you know, they were, that was a very hospitable place. And, um, but, and that Kennedy family, that, there was a lot of Kennedys come, come down from there and they've got windows represented there. Yeah. The Priest family, I don't know if you heard the, they, they were notable family here, the Burns, the Spain's, the Spain's hotel, I could tell you a story about, about Jack Spain, if you like, I'd been, I was only a kid, only, I was under five, I think, well, I was certainly under five, I was under four, I think, but we'd been helping my grandfather, well, I don't know whether I was much help, but I was watching my grandfather (laughs) mark the lambs, one of the, of course, one of the things they did was just nip, nip a bit out of the ear to mark, mark the lamb to make it, make it yours. Well, I went to mass one day with my grandparents because this was during the war. My, uh, well, mum was at Presbyterian. She didn't come. And dad was away, at, you know, in Bougainville or somewhere. Anyway, Jim Spain, who was the publican and dad at the commercial hotel at the time, it yep. used to be called Spain's hotel. There you go. He had had a little cancer in his ear and it had taken a piece out of his ear, just like the piece that was taken out yeah, of the lips. Yeah. And I, I remember prodding my grandfather saying, that man grandpa is he one of ours <laughs> But anyway that's sensational not...
1: And <laughs> hey, what was the response <laughs>
0: Well no I've, well grandfather didn't say anything but he, he told Jim Spain
1: afterwards <laughs> That's awesome Now Brian I understand that there is a story about the windows getting to the limestone coast to be part of your church
0: Oh yes well how they got you well I mean that, when you look at them they're very fragile mm. I mean, I'd, you know, you'd wonder how they'd survive a, a boat trip.
1: And that's what happened.
0: Yeah. Well, they come from England. Yeah, yeah, And And, um, well, I, we had a window repaired here recently. Someone threw a stone through it. It only made a little hole, but it cost about $8,000 to fix it up. Wow. But anyway, the bloke fixing it, he knew a bit of the history of all this stuff. And he said that th- these windows imported from England were in a uh, sealed crate full of oil, which you know, to
1: cushion the... Because, because it was on a boat and yeah. it, it needed to be, yeah you know, protected. Yeah, yeah that's
0: fascinating. Because they're not, like, it's not even like a sheet of glass. It's just bits of glass held together by lead. Yeah. So they're really quite fragile. And it intrigues me that they're able to build a, a window frame here that would fit a window that was made in England. You know, that's, I mean, not, no, no builders can do those sort of things, but they intrigue me that... But the, 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 mine's so far apart, and especially with, <laughs> with very little means of communication, like yeah. you can't ring up and say, now, what was that measurement? It's... <laughs> no, you, you can't return
1: it in a, in a half beat <laughs> either. That's right.
0: So, yeah. So when they they, um, they shipped them out in a, in a crate full of oil, but it was apparently a, a, an olive oil or something. And when they got here, they uh, took the window out and sold the oil for cooking.
1: <laughs> How cool is that? So waste waste not. <laughs> now, Brian, the, the the podcast is called Hidden Secrets. Is there any hidden secrets to the building of the Catholic Church?
0: Um, I wouldn't, well, if they are, they're very good. Because... <laughs> <laughs> you
1: don't necessarily know about them.
0: <laughs> well, I suppose, I, well, I, I mean, I didn't know about the, um, the contractor opting out either. I mean, I was, but no one's ever, well, it's in the book. So I presume everyone knew at the time, but it's not common knowledge now. Well, it is now, perhaps, with <laughs> a
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose
0: you could call that a secret. There's no bodies buried there or anything. The um, I had a look at the. Uh, there's a photograph of the of the uh, workforce mm. in the, in the book here. I counted 35 working on it. Wow! And I, the 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 interesting thing about that too, or I find it interesting, is that when when the contractor pulled out, the parish was left with basically a foundation stone. Wow! And, and perhaps a little bit of foundation. Yeah. So they had to decide what to do. Well, they appointed a foreman, and under the uh, uh, under the architect, and they they um and this this is what I mean about having a go and and having a, having a bit of faith and confidence in the future and 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 a co- bit of confidence in your own ability and so forth. They took on the virtually took on the contract themselves, and uh, employed the people. And that I mentioned, didn't it? The uh, the, the timesheet. Yeah. So that was all done. By the parish, by the priest, I suppose, really. But, but I mean, he would have had uh, some good lay people helping him, I would think. So I, I don't think that's a secret either, but it's interesting.
1: <laughs> hey, Brian... <laughs> You, t- you spoke earlier about the fact that um, that there were a lot of tourists that came to have a look at the church. I am fascinated by its by its history. I'm fascinated by its architecture. Um, there are a lot of people who probably drive past the church and go, wow, I'd love to have a look in there, but have never had the opportunity or have never been brave enough to walk into a church. Um, is it possible for people to take a look at the the stained glass windows that we've talked about oh, and a, to, to wander a, around?
0: Well, look, that church is always open. There you well, not, it's closed at night. Yeah. But it's open all day, every day,
1: so people can wander in. Well, they can have a look, do. and they can they can marvel at the architecture of a building that we've got in the a lot. A lot of people
0: place. do wander in and with fo- with cameras and photo and take photographs without any religious affiliation or interest. But there's also a lot of people. I mean, the other thing about a church building is it's more than a building; it's a sacred place. Mm. I mean, and it's sacred in a in a couple of senses. Well, take me for instance. I was baptized there. Mm. Uh, our marriage was uh, solemnized there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, all, my sac- all my, you know, my first communion, my first confession, my funeral would be celebrated there. Yeah, so it's sacred in that sense that it has a lot of affiliations with people's lives and, and people's memories and that sort of thing. But it's sacred at another at another level that the, that the Lord Lord is present there. It, it's 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 the place of the celebration of the Eucharist and the and the um, Jesus, the, the the presence of Jesus is preserved in the church. So there's a lot of people, a lot more than you'd think, who actually sneak in there during the day to just commune with the Lord. And I know that there's, you can commune with the Lord wherever you like. You can do it here with a microphone in front of you. But that is, it has that sense of sacredness that does draw people in too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Brian, I I have been fascinated by our conversation. It has been lovely to talk about. amazing old building in Mangambia and to find out a little bit about its history thank you so much for joining us and talking about it today.
0: Well look it's been a pleasure and I, I appreciate the chance of meeting you it's been interesting to have interest Listener